The year is 2004. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I'm joined today by two very, very special hosts, holding them close in my heart every night I go to sleep. I'm excited to be joined by them to talk Identity Disc, Loki, Cable, and Deadpool. Now, this first individual She's been aiming to conquer France for as long as I've known her, and last night she finally achieved her dream, and yet still not satisfied. Still not satisfied. How's it going, King Charlotte? It's It was going well, uh, and up until the point where uh, Emmanuel Macron sent uh, Kylian Mbappé after me, and uh, I've been running since. <laughs> <laughs> Recording this on the run, which is dedication, yep, which is exactly. absolute dedication. I really appreciate it. Um, you're very much in the position, I think, that the French embassy was in in Wakanda Forever now. Uh, really, <laughs> <laughs> really caught reasons, red-handed. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. similar. And I'm also joined today by our other esteemed host. Uh, now, this individual, ever since reading Cable and Deadpool started screaming body slide by one, mm-hmm. flying cross-country, finding me, and jumping into me, trying to tangle our bodies together. It's Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? And also, please respect the restraining order. It is supposed to be a legally <laughs> binding document. I know what body slide by one means. So uh, I, I definitely can do. riff off of this. Is that, is that <laughs> a cable? Is that a cable thing? Did did you not read Cable? And well, Deadpool we're gonna get. Through God, oh my God! I have to say, the fact that you podcast? made two Cable and Deadpool references in the intro and nothing with Loki or Identity Disc is. <laughs> well, well, well! Yeah, I was Loki I was one. going King Loki. Yeah, I was going Loki. King Loki. Oh, Loki. oh! I thought it was a Cable thing. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Th- sorry. Well, <laughs> well, I can see that. I can see that interpretation. But no, I was fair going enough, Loki. Okay. Um, you're, okay. But now I'm now I'm truly concerned about Zach's. All right. Uh, well, immediately the... calling attention <laughs> to the fact that I did read Cable and Deadpool number one, number seven, and then I kind of skimmed eight through ten. Oh, <laughs> no. I was oh. going to admit it later. This but was you... such a short week, too. It was, but I... It was a very well, easy week. Uh, yeah, I guess so. They were they were all kind of dense, but like Cable and Deadpool... Oh, my God. Dense? Sorry. Yeah, I, I was not having a good time with these comics, the Cable and Deadpool ones, and I did, I did end up... Skip oh through, boy! So. All right. Oh, uh, what a sour note! What I, a sour note I, to I kick things off on. I had an intro for Charlotte and for both uh-huh. of you, but I had one for Charlotte. I was really proud of. But it's really funny because both you and I went for like kind of the same thing, Dave. <laughs> when we were yeah. thinking of it, <laughs> mine was going to be uh, 
I'm joined by Charlotte, who uh, whose family keeps trying to have a cathartic reconciliation with her, but she just keeps attacking everyone with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yep, I did, that's I cast her in the uh, the Thor role in that one, but which I take on Rich too. But yes, that's, of course. That's fine. Yeah. Speaking of chaotic families, mm-hmm. I did watch the Feast of the Seven Fishes episode of The Bear. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah, it's so good. We huh? are almost done, but uh, holy cow, what an episode! All right, incredible stuff. Speaking of incredible, today all the comics we're reading are included in our incredible. <laughs> you can get access to the full My Marvelous Year spreadsheet where we go, spreadsheet where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today uh, via patreon.com slash my marvelous year for as little as $1 a month. You get the whole thing. Let's see. The lists are completed through 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, you have uh, the old lists through 2010. And then conceivably at some point, and I've been saying this for literal years now, at some point we will expand this beyond 2010. I don't know how far we're going to go. Like I still, I think we've always said we'll just go to present, but like present always changes. Oh my God. Right? What? I know. Oh we're philosophical here. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, so I've it's like, how does, how does one do that? Um, so I, I'm still kind of like maybe Secret Wars and then out, but that doesn't quite work. So maybe we go to the pandemic. Dave, I, Dave you we'll don't see. want to talk about Krakoa at length again? Yeah, I was going to say. That's what I'm saying. Then, yeah. then we go to the pandemic and then we'd kind of be like, if we get, I don't know, but then it depends by when do we get there? Because here's the thing. So we're recording this. This is 2004 part seven. And we will have made a, our way through a good chunk of the year 2005 by the end of this recording year, 2023, right? Um, and then next year, in 2024, we'll be really getting into, like, Civil War, probably Secret Invasion, 2006-2007 territory. I just think it's going to take us, uh, you know, at most we can probably cover, like, three to four years of Marvel publication time per year, Yeah, I think, I think we've got, like, five years before we have to worry about this, <laughs> at least. Um, <laughs> my my thoughts... Oh, the Krakoa stuff, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah, before we get to, like, you know, I, yeah, I guess relatively modern stuff my thought was uh I, I kind of always envisioned that we would just shift to dc and then turn my marvelous year into a uh you know like monthly or bi-monthly show to cover whatever was happening in the last few months but oh. you know or may- maybe like yeah quarterly i think you mean that like every week we read every single marvel yeah. coming that comes <laughs> yeah, out yeah because we don't want to do that, right? that yeah but, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think they they would love that <laughs> we're, we're so far away yeah all in focus yeah, on we'll see right in that dc year list i uh been reading batman comics from the 90s for that and it's fine <laughs> oh you know what i just read that's great uh from the 90s i had no idea excellent comic uh bane's origin have you uh, read this? Sh- I think it's like Vengeance yeah, a little nightfall, maybe. Or, yeah, the beginning of that, but it's such so weird. Bane as a character, I didn't know he was introduced for Nightfall. I didn't know that was his first appearance. But the first time he shows up, they give him like a sixty-five page origin <laughs> story yeah. to like roll the red carpet out for a new villain, and it works so well. That origin is really fun of him being like born a prisoner. It um, is a minor. Yeah. It's extremely rare. That a villain gets that that space yeah. and that it works yeah. too, yeah. you know, because it's a lot of times, you know, they they really push for creating a new character and trying to make them exciting. You know, we see this a lot now, and it's like, you know, it's like, eh, really? Do we? Them? I don't know. I you couldn't know, think them? of anything like analogous of like, I mean, for heroes, sure, but like for the new villain that's going to be 
around for a while and then he doesn't become that, like that gets a one shot like that you mean yeah 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 Who's that's that? super rare yeah i would say um i mean on the dc side yeah. you got like punchline recently marvel's mm-hmm. trying to copy that with hollows eve null had a huge push at marvel for a while but never a, a like a 65 page hey here's their deal one shot i mean yeah. that's commitment yeah yeah it was good that's commitment. anyway uh, do we want to talk I, more about the virtues of <laughs> chuck dixon no. one of the uh, <laughs> one of the writers who's most lost their minds in recent years Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like you've brought this up before, and I always forget. Um, anyway, let's talk about Marvel Comics. That's what we're here to talk about. No one wants to hear about DC Comics. Um, identity Disc. Oh, wait. You were talking about uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash year For $10 a month, you can add comics to the list. And that's exactly what happened this year um, with Identity Disc. Johannes, one of our longest backers... <clears throat> And I do mean that physically. He's just he, a very his long length body. Is, is really yeah. I mean, you get him out on the court, his wingspan's a clean seven three. <laughs> That's very upsetting. Um, he uh, he added all of identity disc. He stacked up, saved. He saved his uh, additions for a long time, and he added identity disc. Didn't help or didn't hurt rather that uh, it was already one of Dave's favorite comics, so he had no problem adding the whole thing. But um, yeah, if you want to add comics to this list, we actually don't have that many this year. It kind of comes and goes. We have these big waves of people adding stuff. But weirdly, it's like 2000... I can't remember, 2009 or something? I already have like four comics lined up <laughs> that people have added in. But um, I will definitely tell you that from 2006 on, the, the publication rates really increase. Mm. And just the sheer number of comics in Marvel Unlimited increases a lot. So there's a lot less I can include. So I actually think from that point on... If you're one of the generous Patreon backers who has this uh, ability, that's a great time to look to add stuff because there's going to be more stuff available. Whereas I think in the past, maybe it's been a little hard because it's like, oh, well, Dave's gotten everything good already and always does and always will. Uh But it's like, no, once we get to like 2006, it's, it opens up a bit. Yeah. Uh, 2012, I already have four issues added (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) That's great. It's very little between now and then, but for some reason I have a lot of x-men stuff added that 2012 year. is going to be incredibly easy for me yeah. i would say 2010 the hardest years for me yeah. yeah yeah um identity disc i'd never heard of this before uh is this notable or is this just like a little is this an underground uh it, what's the word like a fan favorite i don't know i don't it's a dave I've favorite heard, yeah i've never it's, heard it's of it definitely before. underground i don't really hear anyone else talk about it um, I've included it in my 100 favorite Marvel comics from 1998 to 2015, which people can find on Comic Book Herald. Uh, I am probably the only person who would include it on such a list, I think. So this is written by Rob Rohde, who's got a couple books here. we got art by John Higgins. Um, I mean, the shortest way to describe it is it's supervillain... Um, Oh geez, no, I'm blanking on the unusual or usual suspects. It's super villain, usual suspects. Oh yeah, sure. Or or Suicide Squad, but for Marvel, like a little Suicide Squad-y, yeah, yeah. a bit. Um, Deadpool, Vulture, Sabretooth, Juggernaut, Bullseye, Sandman, and that's it. And it, it and it's it's fun. <laughs> I like this comic a lot. I had seen the Usual Suspects before. I, I read it actually, and I don't see a lot of movies as we talk about. Um, so I was, it was not, it was not just a case for me of being like, you know, <laughs> blown away <laughs> by the twist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I knew what they were doing. Um, that said, 
I think it's kind of like a perfect little out, like just like like I don't know what's the word? like disposable yet bubble gum, you know, but just a perfect like flavor of bubble gum for a supervillain team up kind of book. I really enjoy it. Um, I, what do both of you think? Charlotte, you go first. I'd forgotten this was a day favorite. Uh, day favorite, so I'm, I'm mentally readjusting uh, my. Don't also, a Johannes Charlotte, favorite. give him also a Johannes favorite. It's truth. not just me. Charlotte, also, Johannes, do not sugarcoat. I, yeah, I didn't like it very much. Um, I I like ideas of it, and maybe it's just that like I haven't seen the usual suspects, so I don't get the references. I didn't think about but that it, at all. So don't. That's that's not part of the it enjoyment. Felt like. A bunch of very stilted and artificial revelations <laughs> in a row <laughs> that don't quite make sense, and by and like that are quite cliche. <laughs> like by the end, when it's like the guy that was that didn't exist actually exists and is a big villain, it's like okay, like I yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was a bunch of a lot of cliches that I that I realized I'd never seen played straight until I <laughs> read this comic. Um, like the, like the the shot of Juggernauts looking to the camera and being like, "No, you!" and you don't see the face of the person. It's like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> come on now!" <laughs> like maybe it was parodic, but like maybe it was parody, and I didn't get it. No, um, I don't think. I think it's playing it pretty. Yeah, it felt, like I like the ideas of it, like the idea of a team of supervillains, and like the, for example, Juggernauts being the guy that's like, "I'm I'm trying to do better. Why why am I here?" Like that's fun. Even the idea of like. I actually like the idea of Sabretooth having masterminded it, um, even though it's like comes very much out of nowhere towards the end. But then even that isn't true. So it's like, okay, well, <laughs> the one thing I I actually liked. So yeah, I mean, but you didn't I, I like get... wait. So you didn't like that the it was actually Vulture, because that that twist worked for me. <sighs> I Spoilers know. may follow for the comics we discuss on this podcast. Yeah, of course. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't care. When it was Sabretooth, I was not that interested. But then the actual, like, the twist on the twist, where it was turned out to be Vulture and his motivation, I actually, I kind of I love that. that. Yeah, I thought that. I love that. I think twist that's on a twist. the highlight of this comic, actually. Yeah, is, like, he the Kaiser Sozade him. Yeah, yeah. He Kaiser Sozade him. It, I think I was, I was too focused on being annoyed that, like, <laughs> what do you mean S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't know that that's his daughter? That's sh- We're talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, sh- S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> How do they not oh know? God, what a uh, nerd. They, I just know. Like, do you know the I know, personnel that they have at their disposal, the information networks? Uh-huh. Uh, the fact that this person would slip through without a background check is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I've always said, Charlotte, and it's you can't spell S.H.I.E.L.D. without E.D. Mm, electronic <laughs> right? Dance. Eating disorder? Yeah, I was thinking erectile dysfunction. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, so no, yeah. I mean, I like I like the idea of it, uh, but yeah, the execution felt very cliche to me in a way that I was like, it feels intentional, but I don't see what I don't see what it's doing. I don't I don't see what it's what it's leading to. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. Like I don't I don't hate it or anything, but it, yeah. It, wasn't for let me, me let I me come in and despite having made fun of charlotte i'm sorry i <laughs> used my nerd <laughs> mocking voice um to uh I, I i really like issue one i really like issue five and then the middle three are pretty disposable to me i like the setup and then i liked that revelation with vulture worked well and then the actual like them going to do stuff like them breaking into aim was pretty boring like uh just the action was very generic and had nothing much going on 
And then the character dynamics are fine, occasionally, like, kind of funny. But they didn't, it didn't really jump out at me. Um, but then that Vulture thing, I think is really good. I really like Vulture kind of playing up the, like, enfeebled old man thing. And I liked his motivations. I liked the moment with his daughter. The, like, her being, like, trip so I can help you up so we can have, you know, a moment of physical contact is, like, that's a really sweet little moment. Like, a really nicely yeah, observed personal, bad. like, moment. Um, we can all admit we cried. Yeah, we, we can, can all, all admit this uh-huh. brought us and there's, to tears. there's a few nice moments between the I, I wish there was a little more between the villains that like landed for me mostly yeah. like deadpool is just you know like overriding everybody but i do <laughs> i do like bullseye continually slitting uh deadpool's like uh like vocal cords with things that he pings at him because they regenerate so he's just always like throwing stuff at his throat to get him to shut up um yeah, I don't know. Juggernaut falling on Sabretooth and crushing him when they're, like, jumping down. Sabretooth does a really <laughs> yeah, fun, like, hero drop into uh, this pit, and then Sabretooth just crushes him. Or vice versa, Juggernaut crushes him. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm the enlightened center here uh, between you two. Dave, what do you wow. love about this comic? I mean, again, when I said a nice flavor of bubblegum... That's not exactly rapturous praise. Well, you <laughs> it did, it you is did still... say it's in your top ten of all time. I I included it because I I do think it's like it's a Wait, very top 10? yeah top ten of all time. He said top ten all time now. Wow, <laughs> he just okay, admitted really it. Moved up. Okay, yep. Um, no, it's it's that good. It's top ten all time for sure. Um, I might put it above Watchmen. I think here's what I really like about it. First off. I didn't know Sandman was originally named William Baker. That threw me for a loop. Had to look that up. Apparently, just started going by Flint Marco out of the blue. And all this time, we've been calling him Flint Marco. His real name is William Baker. So I think that's one notch in Identity Disc's belt. Um, I think other notches, great premise. Extremely fun premise. It's actually, it kind of beats Gail Simone's Secret Six over on the DC side to the punch by a couple years except simone then goes on to write much better character dynamics <laughs> and much more like i think once this gets going i think to zach's point deadpool and bullseye have a little charisma right have a little have a really no that's the opposite of what i said i, I think deadpool has <laughs> no charisma but a lot of <laughs> takes up a lot of space but Ch- charisma is the wrong no no i mean they they have a relationship that works or a dynamic that works sure um yeah. vulture works by the end of this Mm. i think the rest of the players don't really they don't really intersect in any ways it is also i mean they really it's like a like a early 2000s you know marvel fans kind of close to kind of like a who are the who are some of the coolest characters with the exception of vulture you know um as opposed to like the suicide squad or secret six approach of hey who are some like unique you know, non-established characters that we can actually do things with, um, which obviously this would benefit from, except, you know, it really is like, it's borderline out of continuity. You know, it's just like doing its own thing. It's not trying to actually establish a franchise, Um, or if it is, it it definitely does fail. I was going to say, does the identity disc stay a thing? Is that a thing in the Molina No, and neither is like Tristan Code? Silver. Like, both. Yeah. I mean, that, that little twist at the end where there really is one did actually... It, I rolled my eyes at that because I was like, this isn't... I, that was I, that, that was a bridge too far. Yeah. I You know what? I didn't look up if either of those things have ever come up again. No, they don't. I didn't. And it's, yeah. I, I don't need them to. Like, it would not be surprising if tomorrow Marvel said, 
identity disc two who's the real <laughs> tristram actually yeah. you know uh, that would not be For in sure. any way surprising but you don't need that at all no i just i like the premise i like these characters generally and uh i love the twist i, you know, I my my main question with this is is it and zach you said you didn't even notice right the the usual suspects connection my, my question is kind of like is it a bad thing if a comic is like it's it's this movie or it's this book, but with superhero players. And they play that fairly directly. You know, because I, I feel like we see that... Like, Dan Slott kind of did this a bunch recently, where it was like, yeah, it's Doctor Who, but it's Silver Surfer. Or in his pitch for Iron Man was like, yeah, it's Black Mirror, but it's Iron Man. Like, is that... Because sometimes that works, right? When you When you take influences and you weave them into comic book storytelling and it, it can work i don't love it when it's so on the nose generally i think is my problem like i i would rather be i would rather have more of a subtle integration of multiple influences sure. than a yeah. here's the superhero interpretation of one thing yeah um here i think that's part of the disposability of a fun project is like well if you if you have seen that movie um yeah you know you kind of i don't know the kaiser soze of it isn't as exciting maybe i don't know what do you what do you both think i mean i don't i think there's not in this case i don't think there's much added value in doing that like that it's the pitch of that it's the pitch of that and nothing more like it doesn't create many interesting interactions between the characters except for kind of bullseye and, and deadpool and the rest is like just the like a both an homage and a parody of the movie because it just doesn't change it really. It, ju it just, I don't. It doesn't change things to make sense in Marvel Universe or to play around in ways that are fun. It just does the thing with the characters, you know, uh, which is like it's not bad, but it's boring, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it. It's missing some added value. I think like sure. I mean, I, 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 I. It's been a while since I read the. Um, Dan Slott's Silver Surfer run, but it feels like that adds something to to the Doctor Who homage, quote unquote. And that's like a it, that's it, a really well liked run, I think, in large yeah. part because it's also got Mike and Laura Allred on it. Yeah. Zach, what do you think? I, it just depends on if they're, you know, I mean, one, is it good? <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. the most important <laughs> thing. Um, th this, I think, works as its own <clears throat> thing for the usual suspects. It also helps that, like, usual suspects is 30 years old, and at this point, you know, most people wouldn't have read it i don't know if it jumps to mind immediately for most people like i've seen usual suspects but that was not on my mind here well and it's i don't i guess until the twist yeah which at that point um you know super well, evident yeah. yeah yeah i guess so and you know and then it motivates itself for its own reasons here right like it is not uh i i think the motivation helps i think they set up the it's motivation. a very marvel universe you know idea yeah right this yeah. That, anyway, i don't think do we even say the identity disc is you know this this mythological oh no i mean that's that like the identities of everyone yeah. and the secret identities and all the relationships and yeah it's weird that aim would have that yeah uh <laughs> yeah well i don't know it isn't it isn't i mean they have the cosmic cube sometimes like it <laughs> gets our hands on stuff. i meant the uh, motivation of vulture like with his daughter so like i think when that oh, okay. becomes revealed i think that like sells the the twist more than because in usual suspects it's just like you know for money right he just did it to get the thing uh anyway 
Um, there's kind of a humanizing. Uh, there's a real humanizing vulture. Yeah. Wave. Yeah, yeah. During this yeah. era, right? Because you get Marvel Knight Spider-Man with Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking of Spider-Man, big the Valentine's Day thing yeah. by Darwin Cook. Um, you know, where he's just like, just just likes likes his beautiful <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, I really like how John Higgins draws Vulture here. Actually, where he's like, he's almost like like a caricature, you know, with like really pronounced just weird looking features like he emphasizes less the age and more like as if vulture had crawled up from the mole man's lair you know kind of and it makes him <laughs> yeah. even more feeble you know and and even less suspecting as a as a criminal mastermind i don't i i actually to charlotte's point i mean it's kind of kind of the point of the story right to have the twist on the twist but it's like Sabretooth obviously makes way more sense as a schemer and as a mastermind i think that's a role that suits that character better it's something he's gonna kind of grow into whereas vulture that's never really taken you know um like he's never elevated to the doc hawk norman osborne level of like Mm -hmm. it was me the whole time yeah you know yeah uh and it just kind of i don't know you can try it but it it never quite works although in this case there's a very human motivation behind it that, that i think is useful I don't, it's fun. It's yeah. it's yeah, like I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't have like high like this is genuinely high art expectations with this one. So much as just like it's not I'll really talked about for a while. It's, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, you and I are probably on the same page then, Dave. Like, uh, good comic. I'm glad yeah, I can't. I can't over defend it in a way that I would. You know, it's because it is one of the things where it's because like Avengers disassembled, right? That that'll get a lot of criticism or something, right? Um, even recently, like I've seen a lot of people like that was one of the biggest blunders in Avengers in 20 years and stuff like that. Wow, that's and uh, <laughs> it's like when you actually are going through this era and you read it, it's like it's like oh, it's a moment, it's exciting, <laughs> you know? It's like I will defend that more extensively. Uh, whereas this is like, yeah, you, you don't need to read Identity Disc; you'll be fine. But yeah, it's kind of fun, yeah. Dave. What else did Rob Rob Rody? Is that his name? Robert Rody. What else did he write? Because I don't know him. Well, else. he wrote a four-issue Loki miniseries. <laughs> you see, I set you up for that segue. So talking and four. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm really with... sad that we're going to end with Cable and Deadpool, but let's go ahead. <laughs> That's the order they're there. It's the order they're on the list. I don't know why, but it's how they are. Yep. And uh, so Loki, one through four. This is a miniseries with, by Rob Brody and Isad Ribich. And I don't. Maybe we've talked about Isad Ribich covers. We've probably talked about him on variant covers because in more uh, recent years, did Thor God of Thunder with Jason Aaron, uh, Secret Wars with Jonathan Hickman. Um, some of my favorite art of the 2010s yeah. at Marvel, and now the 2020s because Eternals with uh, with Karen Gillan. Um, yeah. This is a out of continuity what if with Loki, and it's what if Loki became king. Right. What if he won? I kind of thought that's it was where we just start. in continuity of like the two days in the middle of like Thor disassembled. But then I was like, I don't think Thor was ever captured. But it kind of just slots in there if you, you just could, want to. You read could it. do that if you yeah. want to. I mean, that's yeah. the thing about Norse myth. Like it's it's very much a Norse mythology thing, right? It's just playing with the okay, you know, the the moment where Loki wins, and we go back and flash on kind of various Norse mythology stories that kind of work within the Thor, Marvel Thor continuity. I mean, part of my, so I enjoyed this the first go around, you know, it probably would have been one of the first glimpses I had into this premise of, okay, what if Loki actually won? I've said before, I do like the 
kind of super villain scheming, I just want to sit on the throne Loki at times. I've definitely got more appetite for that. Because the modern inter- interpretation of that really is has moved away from that a bit. You know, that's kind of not. This kind of feels like the maybe the first at. little hint of that, too, which is interesting. The first. Of moving like, away from it? Yeah, well, the first, like, Loki wants to be more. You know, like him yeah. starting to feel a little motivated by yeah. something beyond just, like, conquering. Like, he starts to see the limits of that here. Well, you kind yeah, of. We saw that and that's, like, the, X. the irony of this, you know, the last page of this comic, right? It's the. Right. Yeah. It's a very O. Henry story of, like, you know, I finally see the light. Like, I want to live. And then, you know, someone gets arrested and hauled off to jail. Um, Charlotte, what were you going to say? No, I I was just saying it's like we saw that in Earth X a few years ago. Mm. Like a very, very different uh, universe, but in which Loki is one of the first people to realize that, like, the the gods are like creatures of of myth and and fiction and like to to escape his role in yeah. that uh, which was interesting in that uh, in that uh, but here it's like very much the main story and it's 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 quite interesting and it it is what is going going to lead to an evolution of the character but it's interesting that um it feels like in later comics it's going to get a bit driven by the portrayal of Tom Hiddleston in the MCU whereas here it's like we're we're like five or six years before that. So it's very much like just Marvel Comics doing its own thing. It's still Jack um, Kirby Loki. Well, it, yeah. But yeah, even exactly. more like, Kirby like a kind of a decrepit old man. Yeah. Right? Like blurry, yeah. like, you know, the yeah, like his eyes are all watery and red, teeth missing. Yeah, he's not like, hot like, yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> describing yeah. all the ways he's not hot. Um, yeah. yeah. Strong yeah. disagree. But I guess okay. uh, I Speaking guess we of have to hotness. differ. Um, Isad Ribic. Ribic? 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 I think it's Ribic. Ribic? Uh, that does the art here, the interiors. <clears throat> Here's my hot take about Isad Ribic. Okay, you oh ready boy. for this? Oh Get out the, the pitch, folks. Prefer him to Alex Ross. I prefer him to Alex <laughs> 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 I agree. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just like, I think the, on the comparison series, I agree. Is, yeah, like on, like covers or not covers yeah. i don't know about covers actually uh, alex ross does yeah that's my thing of... i think i prefer alex ross on covers but i yeah, do maybe. think i prefer better um, yeah. it's a ribic in series so like yeah i wanted to pitch that huh. to, to both of you and see because i think ribic i prefer i, I think the comparison's just there because they both use painting right like they're both yeah painters as uh comic book um comic book artists so like yeah what uh dave what do you think where do you where do you want to where do you want do you want okay do you so that's travel here with me yeah that's interesting because i guess that's probably a little sacrilegious yep. right alex ross mm-hmm. is a esteemed god um certainly ross ran so ribich could either fly or also run depending on your valuation here <laughs> uh right did it first um I, it, I i mean certainly i think marvels is better than anything in loki uh that said there, there are more Ribbitch comics that I like than Alex Ross comics that I like. Um, although Earth X is real flipping good too. Yeah, I mean, he, like Alex Ross is great. Like this is not a slam on. Yeah, yeah, no, Alex you're Ross. Like, I love Earth X. To, Even like Kingdom Come, he elevates. Which, like, actually, I think he's kind of the wrong choice for that. But it looks good, maybe. Um, I, I mean, incredibly, people love Kingdom Come. Like, it's it's kind of negativity around it. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, that's that's 
a really tough comparison. I personally, I've had because I've read them more in the moment as I've into comics. I've had more like affiliation and love for Rivich's work. Mm. Like I said, Thor: God of Thunder, Secret Wars, Eternals, just knockouts. Um, as to who's better, I mean, man, that's a or who you'd like. I, I don't want to get there with you, Zach, but I see why you're there. Like, I, see I, why I don't, don't want to say interiors. better. Uh, like, but I do want to say, like, if I, if I had the choice, if I had two comics in front of me, and one was he saw yeah. Rivich and one was yeah. Alex Ross, I think for interiors, I'd go Rivich. I think he works better for the dramatic moments, and Ross seems to kind of capture... I mean, he works really well in that one mode of, like, the big grandeur of superheroes, right? Making them seem yeah. larger than life. And then Rivich kind of seems to... He can capture that, but also the, like... The very mundane in the like the dramatic in the like just people talking to each other. I think like yeah the yeah he really gets if you're the, going the looks if you're going desert other. island. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Finish. No, no, sorry. It's just like I, I think Ross has a harder time working when it's just like two people talking in a room and like wringing drama out of that in on the kind of appropriate scale. Whereas I think Rivich can kind of like and exceed giving energy that. to like the faces. Because this comic like, I think is just yeah. okay with some interesting ideas that is really elevated by the art. And I think if we had yeah. someone a kind of average whoever was doing fine at Marvel at this point on it, I think it would be like kind of forgettable. Well if I we think I mean not to not to take shots at John Higgins, but if you just transferred him yeah, from identity right, exactly. disc to, to Loki, yep. you know, we're probably not really Which is fine. About. I liked the identity disc art. It worked fine there. But for this comic, I think we would we'd be like, yeah. okay, that was yeah. you know, kind of puttered around it does for elevate it. four issues to get to like a punchline, <laughs> which it kind of right. does. Like that's, you know, it's got one punchline here and I think it works okay. Um, but yeah, I, I love this. I love this thought. Um, I Hell if I yeah. had to go Desert yes. Island, I can only take one of these artists' work. You know, I'm taking the Ribbage books, yes. but you know, some some of that really is though. Like, who are they collaborating with? Because that sure. means I get yeah. a bunch of Hickman stuff, mm-hmm. and it means I get that Jason awesome Aaron Thor run, and it right. means I get that best mm-hmm. Jason Aaron Thor stuff. Yeah. So and Gillen um, on Eternals, which is yeah. Heck here's yeah, the thing: do you yeah. get to take a Mortal Hulk because Alex Ross does all the covers? If I'd you say you just, just get then you take is... like <laughs> you just get you just you get the you take like <laughs> Captain America by Tenehishi Coates. You get like yeah, many yeah. other runs. Doing where, Black like, Panther covers. Probably right? gonna be doing Immortal Thor. Black Panther as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that yeah. have either of you read that Alex Ross um, Fantastic Four? Uh, uh, what was the... it Full Circle? No, I haven't. Because nope. that's that's quite good too. Yeah. I've heard. Um, you should you should check that out. Anyway, all right, great great artist, great great thought starter. Um, this book itself is, you know, it's fine. I think it, when, when Rhodey does tap into like, okay, I'm going to do a little Norse mythology. We're going to talk about Balder and Loki. We're going to talk about, uh, Sif and Loki, that stuff. I'm like, oh, I've actually read the Norse mythology by Gaiman and P. Craig Russell now. And those do it so much better well, that he... it's a little, uh, disappointing. Sorry. Honestly. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the thing he adds is like the reframing of the entirety of this relationship. He even kind of reframes the Jack Kirby stuff where we used to see Thor and Loki as kids. Like Jack Kirby do those backup stories as the two of them as kids. And he just frames it from Loki's point of view where Loki is just being bullied, right? Like everyone's just a bully to Loki and he's just like old twerp and no one is nice to him. And, you know, like it, I think it, it successfully builds up some sympathy for him. Yeah. But then as Balder points out, he's like, yeah, but you did, 
kill me that one time. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I don't <laughs> think it like, justifies him, but I think it does build up like you understand why this guy has the resentment he does that is driven yeah. more than by just, you know, like avarice, right? Like, I think, which you need, which I do yeah. think you need yeah, which it for this works, character yeah. to be and then complex. I, I think it does kind of work that like tragic little like twist punchline at the end of him being like, I'm breaking free of these cycles. Like Thor and I need to get out of this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to free him. I'm going to, I'm going to reset the cycle. And that's, you know, when Thor breaks out and bonks him with a hammer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I think like it, it ends up being a slightly sad moment. Like it, the, it, the whole time, you know, you can see it coming a hundred miles away, but like I was being like, no, Thor, don't do it. Don't hit him with a hammer. And then it's definitely, um, <laughs> hit him with a hammer. it's definitely a repeated, like every time a villain wins in Marvel, any famous instance of your biggest, most interesting villains winning, mm-hmm. they always kind of have this moment of like, ah, oh, it's not as good as I thought it'd be. Sure. And they kind of have to self sap like, you know, Doctor Doom and Emperor Doom, Thanos and oh, Infinity Dave. Gauntlet. Dave. What? That's so crazy. I was about to interrupt the entire podcast because someone just called you out publicly in the Slack about <laughs> Emperor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> about Emperor Doom specifically. I was about to interrupt everything, and then you said it. So finish your thought. What, then, what have no, they? No, 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 please. We'll... No, no, no. I'd like to. I'd like to talk to the Slack member directly. What have they called me out on? Is it promoting Emperor Doom too heavily? Uh, is it, it being? Is it being the only person on this podcast who constantly references? It I have no idea. What and Emperor says we must is. read it, even though it's not in Marvel Unlimited. Is that what they're saying? I'm just curious. Oh, that's why it's not. Okay. Uh, they just wrote. Emperor Doom isn't on the list. Got mentioned. It a wasn't. Lot. It wasn't in MU. Maybe they got it in now. It should be in there. Yeah. It's it's one they of the weird. It, it was mentioned a lot, but it wasn't on the list. So I had to buy like a weird like back issue. You know, just to get a get my hands on that puppy. I love Emperor Doom. Do not come at me. All right. Well there you, they did and you're oh man. The it's also in the Doctor Doom Books of Doom Omnibus, which I have on my shelf here. That's another way. Oh hey, it's in it. uh it's Mar- it's in Marvel Unlimited now. Good. Okay. Nice. Retroactively. Right, we're, we're adding it next week. Uh, we're tacking it in with... What else are we reading next week? We can oh. put that in a Dean's Pass. Yeah, I'm not putting it in my Dean's Pass. No way. You could take credit for it then. I feel like I that would suit you. That. that comic stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> Who writes it? Oh, David Michelinie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like Emperor a lot. Okay, um, anyway, sorry. that, that I, I was waiting like to till we were done talking about this to bring that up and then... Uh, you mentioned Emperor Doom, so I have to say something. Yeah. Because I, I often do and have throughout the history <laughs> they do of this say, podcast. It gets, it gets mentioned a lot. That's why they were surprised it wasn't on the list. Yeah, that, That's an interesting comparison to me because I often feel in those kind of like Doctor Doom or Doctor Octopus or any, any of those guys winning scenarios, like it is a bit disappointing when they're just like, oh, and they're bored by it and they go yeah. to something else or like that's their downfall. Like, for some of those guys, it doesn't feel right. Like, for Doom, it doesn't always feel right to me. Yeah. For Loki, like, I really like that idea for Loki of him being, like, the the Joker Joker quote of Dark Knight, uh, The Dark Knight of, like, he's a, he's a dog chasing a car and he wouldn't know what to do uh, if he mm. Well, he literally like, just doesn't know when people are like, all right, Loki, you need to start, like, dealing with grain shipments uh, to yeah. the kingdom. And he's like, well, I... I just want to yell. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want <laughs> yeah, to like, do with this. Yeah. For Loki, that's really interesting, especially if you, what, what is done here, if you do the like mythological thing of that's not his place, that's not his role. So like if he, if he managed to break out of his role, he, 
he has to find some ways of playing another role, which he, he can't do. Um, and like he, the, the idea of him being the one that's like trying to escape his role and trying to see what else he could be, which is not a thing that any other character in the, in the Thorverse like can really do, can really even like conceive of or think about. Like that's like Thor will always be Thor, right? Um, that's like that's that's an interesting thing to me. I, I I actually really like that Thor doesn't get a single line in the comic uh, yeah. in, the, in the present yeah. timeline yeah. at least. Like that's that's great at building up. Like the only thing you see him do is like be in darkness in chains and slowly get free. That's like that's a great uh, ticking clock for for the comic, mm-hmm. and it yeah. makes it makes the like very brutal and sudden ending work despite it being so so. It, it's not out of nowhere that it ends like that, but it's like that last page is very sudden, um, and like it it works really well because you, it it is built up in that way. Um, and yeah, and I I just I to me that's like a thing that is missing for a lot of Thor comics between the sixties and like the two thousands to me, which is like the using the idea of myth and the idea of those characters being creatures of literature instead of their fictional universes. Uh, and I think Loki is very much the cornerstone of that and the, the way you can make that interesting. And I think this is this is the beginning of, 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 of seeing that and seeing that Loki is an interesting point of view character for, for the Thorverse, for Asgard. Right. And, and I don't think that's something we've seen yet. So we've seen him like as an interesting secondary point of view to Thor, but him as the point of view that's like that's something that's really interesting and and i don't think that this is the best version of it but i think it's a, it's an interesting beginning yeah i do think um i really like the like you're saying there about thor that's a great point that it's a very neil gaiman or or like yeah. the god of war franchise recently um yeah interpretation of thor where it's like thor is a threat <laughs> from a certain point of view like thor is just power and threat and menace and from Loki's point of view, you know, and it's like he doesn't need to say anything. I do think you're right that when future stories try to engage with the metaphor or the fictional or literary nature yeah. of Asgard, right, and and the mythologies and the fact that they're trapped in written cycles, it always makes so much more sense when it's Loki trying yeah. to find ways around them than Thor because you do get a little bit of flavor with each. Um and I, I appreciate, you know, the writers who are able to sort of show a side of Thor that is not brute force. Uh, but I also just, it always connects a little, on a little more, I don't know, kind of like uh, emotional level when it's like Loki's view of that. Where to Zach's point, then when you see the images of them as kids and it's like, yeah, he's kind of a bully, you know, like Loki, like, it's not like he doesn't have reason to be mad at everyone, you know, like it's kind of an important thing to... <laughs> Did you watch American Vandal? <clears throat> that Netflix uh, no. show no, I didn't. about like the uh, <clears throat> it's like a comedy show but about a <clears throat> kid who like keeps graffitiing dicks all over the high school but it, it also just kind of gets into that like by the end it turns into something really sad about like you know a kid a teenager who just kind of gets marked as like a problem kid right like yeah. they're just and then no matter how much they actually are trying to escape that. I mean, The 400 Blows, of course, yeah. one of my favorite uh, French New Wave films. It's about the same thing, right? Like, just when you're uh, kind of labeled as, like, a bad kid, just getting stuck with that. Um, and the, like, frustration of trying to break out of that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's it's a very, like, 
Old. Well, and that's that's a good that's a good jump because it's like the Loki stuff isn't. It's not like it's like oh, this only applies to Asgardian gods, and therefore I can't relate. Sure, right? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like there's a very human application of like, are you trapped in a in an environment or a situation or a dynamic with the people around you where you know you feel frustrated about how you you know are interpreted, I guess, or mm-hmm. how you feel. Mm-hmm. And the idea of of Odin pitting them against each other for like to to. Sh- to have Thor's heroism shine against Loki, that's like, but in a way that like when Loki faces him about it, it's like, oh, that's like a very twisted thing to do about with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, right. That's that's a really good scene of just Odin not being able to face Loki and to to tell him that he's wrong. That's like that's yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, it's a really good scene. Uh, yeah. You know, it it's also an interesting year for this because this is the same thing that happened in Thor disassembled. It's like uh, the the yeah. The hero being faced with like you're part of just a big cycle that plays out yeah. and him being like well that makes my life meaningless <laughs> and i'm gonna break out of this right yeah thor does so successfully uh loki does not but like the struggle against that because i think that's also just one of the really interesting things about this is balder yeah it's balder who's like i've seen you know there's a million universes or infinite universes and infinite lokis and there's so many permutations of all of us out there and you never win <laughs> and like loki facing up against that um yeah that he can yeah. be you know anything in all these different universes it's also the show does some stuff with that too so like this feels like yeah, kind of sure. a rich vein um to like tap into for loki moving it's, forward it's cool stuff that you can do on a meta narrative level with level with asgard that you yeah. really can't get away with you know with captain america or spider-man or whatever it's much if, harder you know, too, you have, yeah well if you have them talking about like well, this is the cycle of, you know, how Spider-Man stories go. Like, now you're in, like, Deadpool territory of, like, four Or, or like, um, God, which, uh, what's the Jeff Johns crisis, uh, DC? Infinite? Yeah, Infinite Crisis, where, you know, you're just kind of then, like, talking about the meta narrative of, like, the trajectory of comics, right? If you right. Or if you're just trying to do a forever, you know, illusion of change, if you're trying to talk about that, it can be kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> to like it's a little navel gazy yeah to just get into like comics yeah. about the structure of comics are that can be a problem yeah they I mean, don't that's, often... that's a dc trap that they fall into a yeah. lot with their yeah, crises yeah. yes i actually um, like that uh, infinite crisis by the way i don't not to not to slam it or anything i kind of like the the meta stuff there but um but you know jeff johns who's uh who's more popular these days joss whedon maybe yeah. i don't know stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> bit of a toss-up yep speaking of popular messiahs i couldn't tell you Let's talk a little bit about cable and thing Deadpool. about these comics i read them yesterday well i read two of them yesterday and then skimmed the rest you did not you cannot claim you re- read i'm them. just We've saying i even the ones i read all the way through i have no idea what happened. so, so i this is another series that i really liked on the go through of 2000s comics um cable and deadpool it's written by fabian nicieza we got art here by patrick zerger we read so we i, I did a weird reading selection for this one and I think it works, um, but if you're confused, obviously, you can always just fill in the gaps. We were the first issue, and then issues 7 through 10. Okay? Uh, Charlotte, as someone who actually read these comics... <laughs> yes? Come on. What did you think of Cable and Deadpool? I think it's... So, question for you. Is this the first time those two characters become a duo? It's the first time they have a series together. Uh, okay. Certainly, they've interacted in X Force throughout the '90s, um, and a okay. lot of Fabian Nicieza written comics as well. Yeah, 
This is, I think it's an interesting dynamic for the two of them. Um, and I think it's an interesting dynamic for Deadpool to not be the sole uh, protagonist of a series. Because I yeah. think he's a character that can get very tiring. Um, and pairing him with another character that can he can bounce off of uh, helps. Um, and that contrasts him helps. I did, definitely didn't love this. And I think the central... Uh, struggle with Cable is interesting in theory, but is very surface level in the way it's treated. Mm. Um, which is like to 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 be short. Basically, Cable tries to save the world, and people don't like that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I think it's fun ideas. The execution is a bit lackluster because it still has to be a Deadpool comic and still has to make. Dumb annoying jokes, and I, I, I'm interested in discussing because I feel like so far for us, Deadpool has missed a lot more times than it has hit. Uh, and I'm interested in seeing why that is. Uh, but yeah, I think I definitely think there's something there, and I think this, this is probably maybe by default, but it's just probably one of my favorite Deadpool series we've seen so far. Mm. Um, don't I don't love it, but I think there there is interesting things here, and there is. Maybe the sign of of things of ways in which Deadpool can work going forward. Just to point out, like you're saying, you know, we've read some Deadpool. It hasn't really like landed yet. That's yeah. I think that. Well, I mean, I think some of it has for Dave. Okay, um, some of that. Um, God, who's the Marvel Knights era um, creator who did a bunch, Dave? Well, you have Joe Kelly, yes, and then Gail Kelly. Simone does a bit. I mean, Priest Kelly, does yeah. some. Yeah, you like okay, some of yeah. those Kelly comics. Um, but like, uh, like in the club. Some people really like Deadpool so far. So I think it's, you know, it is a little bit of yeah, a taste thing. You know, like, I, I'm not, I don't love these comics, but I'm not going to say, like, yeah, these suck. I just, like, it's just really not for me. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> I, I have, I just don't have that much affection for Deadpool. And I don't have affection. For, I, I like some Nicky Aza stuff. Some of the, uh, the X-Men stuff that they did. I remember coming down hotter on it than, um, than you two, I think, in the 90s. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just just the Deadpool aspect of this had me completely checked out. Um, I, I like the That's art, sad. though. The uh, Brooks, at least in the first couple issues, or issue one. Mog Brooks pretty good. Yeah, really cool stuff. And then uh, who does the Zercher? Um, I like yeah. their stuff, too. It's a little busy sometimes, but the um, the like the coloring and the inking looks good. I, I can comment on that because I can testify every page of this did... Pa- my eyes were open as every page flitted by. I'll say that much, <laughs> at least. I did allow every page to linger in front of my eyes, uh, at least yeah. for... Let the record show that one second. I did. Incredible. So I think, I think to your point, Charlotte, I think diluting Deadpool helps tremendously. I think yeah. splitting the book, Cable as the natural straight man to Deadpool's mania is, is the way to do it for me. Um, I definitely prefer this to any solo deadpool series uh like like an ongoing long run maybe some of the mini series you know what i think the opposite is true also i think this helps make cable less boring yeah because that's that's uh, yeah that's a great point because the other part of this is you know who had an incredibly long (laughs) solo run in the 90s (laughs) cable you know how much we read x-men he had too yeah and x-men and like you know from like 95 to 2000 we didn't touch that you know? Yeah. Um, and listen, some of that's my own taste and selection and all that, right? But it's like, it's pretty relevant. And Cable definitely falls into the has-gun-will-travel line of 
comics where it's like the narrative is pretty worthless and inconsequential and we're really just here for the you know the fans who like that spectacle yeah. and violence Nisieza understands this character incredibly well obviously co-created Deadpool um and comes in and writes a lot of cable in the 90s uh is an individual who who really gets what where these characters have been because he established a lot of it uh so I I like him writing their dynamic again like cable being this book makes cable funnier deadpool being in this book makes deadpool a little more serious and a little more manageable so i i think that approach is very smart i actually really like the cable ascends to a messiah-like figure aspect of this he, he powers up in a way where he's like i am going to show the world how to save themselves um and not even to like like he creates kind of like a utopian society on like one boat um but he's not like doing that everywhere he's kind of just like i'm going to show them what the world could be i i like that approach for cable in a you know across the span of 10 issues um because he's seen it because he's seen it all i think too often cable or bishop fall into this trap of like you know i'm just here to prevent this one timeline from occurring and once you've done that, that gets pretty stale and it gets pretty repetitive. So I really do like the idea of like, okay, you have all this time travel knowledge. What are you doing with it? And here you actually have Cable doing something with it or trying. He's supposed to be a master strategist. You get that sense. Like he sees everything coming. And then his powers just ascend to, you know, godlike abilities. I think the biggest problem that this has on that level is kind of the thing that happens every single time somebody tries to fix one of these universes, which is then you have to have everyone else say, no, this is bad, actually. We need to stop him. And I just never agree. Like So, like, issues 7 through 10, the X-Men are like, we have to stop Cable. He's gone too far. He's going to get rid of all the world's weapons. And I'm like, X-Men, leave him alone. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great idea, (laughs) you know? And I just, I, I, and it's it's funny because a similar, without spoiling anything, like, the X-Men will find themselves in a similar position at, at a certain point. And it's at one of those things where it's like... Points. I can think of two. At certain points, sure. At least. And it's Three. like, oh, we're yeah. making the world great. How terrible. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, we must stop them. And I'm like, what? Why? Why? Actually. Yeah. Um, and instead, it feels like they're trying to play it out as like a Dark Phoenix thing more. Uh-huh. G- right. Especially as like Nathan is the son of Jean Grey. So like, there's a, there's a parallel there. Um, I, like I do remember. He's going uh, I saw, crazy. I saw him floating once. So yeah, I'm with you guys. <laughs> just I remember seeing. Cool. Cable, <laughs> I just remember. Have some breakfast. What are you about? I just remember seeing Cable float uh, while he did some stuff. Like, just in your dreams? Or? No, he's in the, he was like sitting cross-legged, floating in the sky. Oh, okay, so like, cool. I'm, I'm. Oh my gosh. I'm in, oh I'm in agreement goodness. with both of you <laughs> about the comic. Oh I, I had the God. same thought. <laughs> word for word, same <laughs> Keep thought. Going? Yep. <laughs> No, it is. I mean, it, it. But the Dark Phoenix comparison, or whatever, where it's like, okay, we've seen, we've seen this level of power consume someone. That's fair, right? right? Um, but the thing with Cable is like he never, like, like Gene went and ate a planet. <laughs> like Cable hasn't done anything, you know. Um, and he's not yeah, possessed when, by when a force. Yeah, especially when Silver Surfer comes in to stop him, and it's like, why, Norin? Why are you doing this? What's why? happening? Yes, <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted like something from Silver Surfer. Yeah. So what happens? So Cable, you know, he's got all this power, 
and he is like, you know, he's unilaterally just kind of deciding how to fix things and how to show people the way the world should be. And governments and S.H.I.E.L.D. are scared of that. And, like, there's there are definitely arguments to be made about, like, okay, one person is deciding how everything should be. Is that a problem? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely can be, yeah. right? Um, and he's doing all that, and then they're like, okay, we're going to battle you. <laughs> Gable's like, all right, I'm going to throw all your weapons into the sun. And then they're like, all right, then we better attack him then. He's going to throw all the weapons into the sun. And uh, and as that's happening, the X-Men go in. They can't stop Cable, but uh, they call Reed Richards, and Reed's like, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't want us to jump in, but I'll give Norrin a call. So Silver Surfer comes flying in in the 10th issue, pretty much out of nowhere, you know? And the only explanation that is given for why he would think this is a good idea is he's like, you're too full of passion. Passion begets hunger. Hunger <laughs> consumes world. So just like a straight, like, you're turning and into Galactus. You the dark side of the force, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, But that's all he says. And it's like... Norrin, you're more complex than this. I know you're more complex. And listen, I yeah. get that, like, okay, and he sees it didn't have the space, you know? Um, but that feels super shoehorned in. It really does. And it's also just, like, as a character, I feel like the, the Silver Surfer that we've seen in the pages of, of Stan Lee and Buscema and Jack Kirby and Jim Starlin, like, would probably align more with Cable <laughs> than anyone or else, Or would even, I like, think. have an interesting discussion about it. Yeah, he's sure. like, a very... He's like a very philosophical character, right? It's like yeah, that, that's the character Cable has a long, like, three-page discussion with about what what's happening. Right. That's that sounds interesting, but yeah, that's not that's not what you don't they're get trying that. to do here. Like, no one, including the writer, feel like they're interested in having a discussion with Cable about this, uh, except for like a long interview that leads nowhere and with a very annoying journalist. <laughs> so I actually I actually like the interview sequences. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I I totally get what you're saying. There's each issue. Oh, I read all those, by the way. Did you really? (laughs) No, of course. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only. (laughs) Dang it. Each issue has a double page spread in the middle, (laughs) where uh, Cable allows himself to be interviewed by this journalist that he knows. So you get just full text for. But I I having only two pages of it, you know per issue i actually enjoy it you get all of cable's motivations him trying to you know and again him trying to have like a wry sense of humor um i i actually do think it humanizes and kind of explains what's going on is it a lot of text yeah absolutely um but on a on a controlled basis like that um i enjoy it i enjoy it i think to your point charlotte the only conversation you really get about like someone actually being like this is why this is a problem is cyclops with cable um technically his dad even though Cable's older than him. Uh, that, again, it doesn't work for me, but I, I guess I, I appreciate the effort made there. I, get, I think there's the problem is it's like, I don't know, there's there's not really any reason to believe that maybe Cable has gone too far, you yeah, know, or that exactly. maybe there is a problem. Like, generally, writers will, like, shoehorn in, you know, the, the darkness-consuming nature of the Phoenix Force or yeah. some indication that he's gone too far now, you know, he's locking people up unilaterally, you know, which he kind of does, um, but it never really escalates. And the whole time yeah. I'm just like, 
Just let him fix the world. He's good. <laughs> let him cook. Let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> let him yeah. cook. Subsequent question. What what's going on with Rachel? Why why isn't Rachel more important in this? Like she's his sister. She's, yeah, yeah. She also comes from the future. Like feel like feel like there could be some something there, but no, she's just like cosplaying as Marvel Girl in the background. I think it's just I think it's just the space and the fact that it's not yeah. an X-Men book. You know, because it, it by the end, you know, Fabian gets to weave in the X-Men a fair amount. And he throws a little a little nod of dialogue at the cable and racial connection, but he, yeah, he definitely yeah. does. Like you could, you could just full on Summers family, you know, lean into this. But um, I think I just like I really like Rachel from like the Clement run, and it, it is disappointing to me that right now she's just like she's just Jean, but Jean isn't here, so we have to have Rachel instead. Like she doesn't feel like she has a distinct personality from from Jean. And she no. even like now looks the same. I actually thought it was hair. Jean until I remembered. Yeah, exactly. She she's wearing the Marvel Girl outfit, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Deadpool also wears the Marvel Girl outfit for a bit. How much did you enjoy that? The yeah, classic. Listen, this, there's there's some some latent two thousands homophobia in Deadpool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much did that bother you or not. Well, it's expected at this it point. really. Oh, <laughs> sorry, you're talking to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much did that bother you personally, Zach? It is really funny how like the it's to them like you kind of see that there's a real lack of any sort of like. Um, like worldliness, I guess, where like the joke is just like, oh, that guy's wearing women's underpants. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like the idea that it's more than just like someone being like a real weirdo, right? That it would it's have just to do like, with, like zany Deadpool, you know. Right. And it's 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 all the it's the homophobia of the Seinfeldian. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that joke is literally made, yeah. um, as opposed to like. I guess a more outright bigoted, mean-spirited homophobia, you know. So I guess yeah. there is there's certainly a difference in that, yeah. um, but it's definitely like it's not actually leaning into the idea that Deadpool might actually be queer, so yeah. much as him joking in that way to make him seem zany. I guess I'm that's, just saying that, that like all all the discussion is like kind of just like they don't know that you know trans people exist, <laughs> but they're just kind yeah, of yeah like, yeah right. They're just talking about like you know making fun of that but i don't think that's on their mind you know it just it does show kind of just like a weird lack of imagination slash being scared of anything that's not very understandable to them at this time yeah so it is disappointing that noted gay icon beasts didn't have anything to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know like that yeah. that was a weird swing from morrison but at least like it felt like morrison you know kind of understands the world a little bit where like yeah, because like Scott out. was like, "What are you doing? What, yeah. what are you doing?" Yeah. Hank? And he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay. I thought it would, you know, what, win me some sympathy with people." Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, fun, f- fun enough comic, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if there's a Deadpool coming out there, comic out there where I'm like, where I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is here we go. This is this is cool. This is interesting. Right. I'm waiting. I mean, I think for me, these yeah. these work primarily as cable comics. You know, I think is yeah. where I, I definitely, uh, probably the most I've liked Cable comics, uh, with the exception of his debut in New Mutants, which is, again, quite good. Um, but uh, but the Deadpool side of things is kind of just like, I don't know, it kind of just feels like, all right, we got to get through this, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I do like their relationship, where it does sober up Deadpool a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like, 
I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm more amenable to Deadpool comics than either of you, but I'm definitely not. You know, I feel like we need to get like, okay, who's like the Deadpool comics head, who yeah isn't just like a, or you know, like a like a 15 year old <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> get Ryan Reynolds on the podcast. I mean, yeah, because yeah, like, well, it's like the movies work, and like yeah, I really I like the Deadpool like the video yeah, game, yeah, yeah. the Xbox 360. Um, so it is. Sorry, like, will you say that again? What kind of console is that? The Xbox 360 Deadpool video game. It's fantastic, and uh, Does, I have Charlotte, a copy here. Charlotte, are you hearing Xbox? <laughs> the Xbox? Yeah, I'm hearing the Xbox, Xbox 360. Xbox. The Xbox All right, 360. make fun of my Chicago accent. That's yeah. fine. I'm just gonna eat a sausage and relax. Okay. Um, <laughs> that bears. Uh, anyway, anyway. Deadpool can work. Uh, the comics, it's tough. It's tough, man. I, I think I think miniseries might be the way for both of you to be like, oh, okay, this is this is the right amount for me. I can think of a couple examples, but even that, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think like if you're like it's one of those things where it's like Zach, I mean you're not gonna suddenly enjoy Deadpool ongoing. No, I mean it has to you be know, you're pretty out. someone I think's funny. That's the thing, is like we're just, you know, we're not in the era of I don't know. There, there's not that much uh, comedy in these comics that I find find but good. But that, but and this style of seventy thousand jokes a minute is kind of just unfunny. It can it's, land. It's kinda, I don't I, think it necessarily works in comics. Yeah. You know, when I think of funny comic books, they are not engaged in this style. Yeah. Of sure. writing, yeah. I just don't know that that will work. And for the any stuff of us. I find funny in the Deadpool movies is usually not the like the nonstop banter stuff. I kind of think those movies are good and sometimes funny in opposition <laughs> to you know the that kind of that kind of stuff that they do. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm amenable to it. I'm not like hostile to the idea that one of these would make me chuckle. <laughs> I'm looking. You forward know what I will say. One day. <laughs> I think I think the funny my favorite like comedy and Deadpool thing is in Uncanny X Force, written by Rick Remender, which we're not there yet, so I won't spoil anything. Um, but that version. He's on a team, so it's limited, right? Again, you need dilution. And he's also very dark, like to the point where it's like, is that even a joke? But it actually kind of works. I've heard of some of the stuff from that comic. So I'm, I'm there's, a, there's a sadness and a darkness to it mm. that both humanizes the character, but also does make the funny stuff funnier, I mm. think. Okay. Um, but man, yeah. laugh out loud. Like we talk about this all the time. Laugh out loud comics are hard. You know what comic made me laugh a bunch recently that I was what? not expecting? Uh, Adrian Tomine, and I don't know if I'm saying that to, right. So apologies. You got you got called out Tomine. for it. It's uh, Tomine. I got called out for it. Where? Oh yeah, in the uh, in the Slack. Everywhere, everywhere, Dave. <laughs> These mfers in the Slack. So yeah. it's saying my it's, name. It's a Japanese name. I I would have corrected you if I had known it was a Japanese. name. Oh yeah, no, I, to, I Tomine. Well, did yeah. they say how to say it? Yeah, it's Tomine. Is that what I just said, Tomine? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, Thank I you. think you were just um, saying like Tomine. Maybe or something. Yeah, it's not Tomine. But, well, and I learned that in this book. So I'm reading the the loneliness of the long distance cartoonist by Adrian Tomine, and he constantly is saying because people are constantly saying his name wrong, and mm-hmm. he's like, no, actually, and then he never gets to correct them. They always cut him off. That book made me laugh a ton. Mm. That book made me laugh a lot a ton. So if you want a funny comic, um, that one that one got me good. I man, I love that book. It's great. Yeah, I'm I'm curious after it. all this stuff you've been talking about him a lot. There's uh, a a fair amount of Dan Klaus. Uh, yeah. references yeah. in the early going as well because he's definitely an acolyte you know, charlotte uh, and i this afternoon are going to be recording an episode of extra issues about fantagraphic stoner comics uh, this is for you dave to talk continuing the conversation but also telling everybody else uh and a bunch of those made me laugh we read prison pit 
um which made me laugh yeah. a bunch <laughs> yeah. with how uh, over the top that comic is. Meg Mog and Owl made me laugh a ton and uh, Dungeon Quest. So those are the three comics we're covering there. And those, those all made me laugh at various points. Um, yeah, comics can be funny, you know, but... <laughs> the Charlotte, thing that... where did you come down on uh, on these comics compared to Zach? Or you, you haven't recorded yet. No, we're about to So record. maybe you don't want to spoil it? You'll have okay. to listen to extra issues to find out. Yeah, yeah. Here's <laughs> the okay, unifying um, yeah. feature of all three of those comics. Dicks, 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 everywhere. All three comics think dicks are very funny. Inherently um, very funny. Yeah. It, the so thing does is Deadpool. They're not so until you lean into it way past the point of where it's funny. And then you just like keep pushing it. <laughs> right? And then yeah. like, it kind of feels <laughs> like you're describing Deadpool here, though. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, but you know? Deadpool is more restrained. Because <laughs> it has to be, because it's Marvel, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. maybe that's part of it. Yeah. But then there is there is Deadpool Max stuff. That I would not say is any funnier necessarily. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, you know, we, we got to wrap this up. But next week we're going to be doing a dean's list. I have put the issues up in the yeah. the spreadsheet. Dave, you're going to be putting them in the show notes for this episode. But I only have let me say six, eight issues there. You know, it's got sins mm-hmm. past in there, so like that will be a pretty chunky conversation, I think. But I was thinking, I was looking at other stuff. Chunks will be blown. <laughs> Tell you uh, that. Uh, I was looking at other comics from 2004, and I wanted your opinion on this. 2004 Punisher Max comes out, the Garth Ennis series, where he takes Punisher and is no longer goofing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah, it is yeah. not the goofy uh, hyperviolence. It is just like unrelenting very dark very nasty violence uh i read like the first six issues of it yesterday and kind of found some stuff to recommend it uh and i'm curious like would you be opposed to chatting about it like what would you think about including that you'd have to go off marvel unlimited it's not a marvel unlimited but just putting like two issues just as a jumping off point because i was surprised at how much i kind of got like absorbed into it and i was like man like ennis is he can be a really good writer that grabs you even if i'm like rolling my eyes at some of this stuff i'm still like kind of like the propulsion of this comic is pulling me forward okay so two thoughts here uh one please share the full dean's list with me because i've only got six issues here so i want to make sure i have everything that you're including okay two okay people love punisher max yeah um i love preacher and can definitely respect a lot of ennis you know i like i like that punisher welcome back frank quite a bit I hated Punisher Max. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not want to read it again <laughs> yeah. at all. Okay, but I know a lot of people. That's like, that's the Punisher run for them. So I'm not. I I don't. He's if you want to talk about not, it? I got nothing against that. He's certainly it's not cool in it, and I kind of appreciate Ennis taking the idea of Punisher and then like rubbing your face in it, which is kind of what I feel like he's doing here of being like. Yeah, you know, like, I can't... He doesn't exist in a superhero world anymore. Like, the violence he's, you know, like, bringing down on people is upsetting and nasty and mean. And, like, and he is pushing that in a really hard direction that, like, kind of makes it... It makes it really impossible to, like, root for the guy. Um so yeah, it's uh it's interesting. So I I kind of I think I was tempted to I think, put uh, a couple issues toss it in. Just to... Ta- yeah, okay. I, I think toss it in because it's super relevant. I think if we're gonna talk Marvel Max, I mean it's Alias, it's Punisher Max. Those are the biggest two, and then yeah. uh, I mean Ennis actually I actually like. I think it's a Nick Fury Max series he does later. 
is actually quite good. <laughs> That's the one that um, um, Stanley specifically really, <laughs> really didn't like. He was like, yeah, something where he was saying like, I don't know. I saw it. Nick Fury was like cutting someone's guts out. That's not the Nick Fury. I thought those aren't the comics I was reading when I was a kid. <laughs> those aren't the comics yeah. I was making. They were not. They were <laughs> That's not. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think like it's. Yeah, yeah, I think Ennis is, like, an interesting guy. And I think this is even more, like, it might not be wholly successful, but I think it's got more on its mind than just trying to be, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking in Fantagraphics, all these comics that, like, intentionally push boundaries to just, like, kind of go interesting places and break taboos i kind of think he's like doing a similar thing here with marvel and i'm kind of shocked he was allowed to do it for like 60 issues so yeah yeah we'll see well um, i own okay, that I'll entire run so if you oh really throw it okay. in the list. <laughs> yeah because you can't i can read it marvel unlimited yeah. all right i'll just put two issues in people will get a taste of it if they want to keep reading they can but all right so that's gonna be yeah dean's list next month excited for that finally since past charlotte have you read since past i just had this thought the other day I nope I never really ah. yep. <laughs> i'm so ex- i'm gonna be over the moon if you come into this episode and are like yeah zach's right it's it's not bad <laughs> charlotte as the yes. swing boat is, oh yes it's truly um concerning it's gonna yeah happen. i i'm i'm confident charlotte will see the light and will be on my side but uh <laughs> but it's definitely a no she won't because she's not sexist and that's the people who don't let, <laughs> this is my argument i'm gonna make is that Mac's gonna get real personal past. he's gonna throw around a lot of accusations yeah. if he's you gonna play real, personally uh, listener don't like sins past yeah yeah it's misogynistic <laughs> right <laughs> right right, right. a lot of just problematic <laughs> yes, uh claims mm-hmm. by the way thanks for thanks for calling me out uh, for not naming any women in that sketch article I was interviewed for, uh, as as someone who is not at all caught up on Marvel comics and and doesn't know <laughs> who the creators are currently yeah. at the publisher, real cool of you to jump in and say uh, that. Uh, I oh, so, well, I did. <laughs> it was among friends. I didn't mean it in a serious way. No, no, I'm, I'm going to call you out here live on the cast. Oh, I'm live sorry on if the I cast. actually like uh, if that was that no. Was it, so it actually, I. What I wanted to address was, um, so in the sketch article I was interviewed for about kind of where Marvel's at and why I'm not happy about in 2023, um, in part of the quote, I named four writers that I think are doing great work. And I did not include any women in that list. And I did think about that. And I did think, I don't love that. (laughs) I don't love how that looks. I think the biggest problem is, I, I think it's a Marvel problem as opposed to it's not like there are a lot of women writing comics at Marvel, and I'm yeah. just excluding oh, it's, them. It's, it's not a you right? problem, for sure. I, no. I think the, no, no, I just want to, for yeah. listeners who don't quite understand that, I think it's like they don't really seem to be hiring and supporting women at a rate that is... And especially on the big titles. And definitely right. not on the big titles. Right. Yeah. I mean, Eve Ewing just took over on Black Panther. I hope that run is great and gets supported. Um, Alyssa Wong is writing Deadpool, which is a run I don't particularly love. You know, so and, But Kelly Thompson just finished Captain Marvel. That was probably the biggest one for a while and i just i think it's a marvel problem right now um and i and the x-men line is getting less you know it's getting it's um more and more like men getting at bats some of whom are queer which is great right in terms of like diverse different voices um but it's just like people of color women voices like marvel constantly kind of needs to be taken to task for that and i think right now it's it's not good they're not doing that 
um, or pushing as hard as they should. So anyway, that's why that list looks that way. Listen, it's it's something I think about a lot. It's definitely something I oh, need you're, to. Oh, you're super thoughtful about that. I didn't uh, mean that as a, any kind no, of... No, I because I, I get it wrong, and historically I've gotten yeah. it wrong. Like, it's... The history of comics is... It bends towards celebrating white men writing sure. books, yeah. and that's something that I'm trying to course correct both personally and retroactively, you know, in terms of things like my best comics list, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where I go through that, and it's like, okay, it's mostly white guys, so how do I read more works that I would have missed that are not as obvious or celebrated? I mean, if you're in the, in the superhero world, then it's tough because you're just like, you're literally lacking for the options there, right? Like, well, and that's what not, I'm saying, where it's like, yeah, that's a Marvel yeah. problem, yeah. and but, that's... I mean, the, the I can't thing that change that. The thing I keep coming back to with Marvel and DC is that, like, it, it, I think it's changing a little now, but like, you look at the big runs in the like the really celebrated stuff from, um, you know, like women, women of color, is that like they have to bring in people who are not comic creators to do it, and that just speaks to like it, it's yeah. nice that they're you know giving like. Some people, I mean, Eve Ewing, right? She doesn't come from a comic background. She, I don't even, she, mm-hmm. she comes from a fiction background. She's uh, like an academic, I think. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, she's a sociologist. Anyway, um, you know, the, the having to pull from outside comics just shows that there's not even like a pipeline for this, right? That like, they're not being uh, I think that's, like, I think that's, well, maybe they haven't, maybe the, like Marvel doesn't have the pipeline. It's not like there aren't women creating great comics no that's what i mean but like marvel doesn't bring it you know, like we have we see so many people where it's like you know oh here's jason aaron he got you know four issues on like i'm making this up but right like a quicksilver miniseries and then he got six issues here like they got to like cut their teeth on these small projects and yeah, yeah you know like right. learn the craft and they're hanging out with marvel people and they you know like there's a there's a culture to like foster talent i think Mar- i mean age. i do think marvel does a little bit of that um you know, with their miniseries, especially with Marvel Unlimited Infinity, which we talked sure. about recently on the Slack, yeah. you know, where that, that actually has a really nice selection of, like, younger, more diverse, up-and-coming voices writing those digital comics. I think the problem right now is I'm not seeing that pipeline transition to writing ongoings, right? Mm-hmm. To then getting the at-bats, quote-unquote, in the big leagues. Um, maybe we're just in an in-between step. Like, Steve Fox just got that opportunity, right? Um, and Steve Fox is a creator I really like. Queer creator, been editing James Tiny in books, like Department of Truth, written a lot of... Like, like he wrote some books in the, on Unlimited Side, now he's going to write Dark X-Men, okay? So I, I think more the more we can see of that, the better off the publisher will be. Um, but I think, you know, seeing... If we see it actually be like, oh, okay, this is the pipeline, right? This is the path. Because you're right that, like, all the creators we're going to be celebrating here in the 2000s uh, Matt Fraction, Jason Aaron, Jonathan Hickman, uh, Ed Brubaker was already established enough. Yeah. But they come in and they get like a mini, and they get in a bat or they get a co-writing thing, and then they become then they get full, full like hey you're in charge now opportunities you know, yeah. and you need that to develop talent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you know you need to select talent that is across a wide spectrum of of voices and opinions because otherwise you're you know doing the same thing over and over. Also, may I say that it's insane that Vita Ayala got the, wrote the best New Mutants book since Clement and hasn't gotten anything else in the, new, in the X-Men universe since. Yeah. That's like <laughs> incredibly exciting writer recently at Marvel that hasn't gotten DC now, any right? other big yeah. It seems like they're I mostly they're doing, doing things at DC. At DC but yeah. It's hard to know. I don't know if that's a they weren't offered things and they had to jump. 
they yeah. chose to jump. You know, I don't I don't know the dynamic there, but it is from a fan perspective, it's like, damn it, I wish they were writing more in the X Men. Yeah, because I like those comics, and yeah, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marvel, cool company. Pave <laughs> uh, <Dave>, your <laughs> your miserable and weird opinions. Of, of I did get called out for having miserable and weird opinions. Oh, sorry, recently. I shouldn't bring. Yep, yep. That was a very personal insult that was hurled at me <laughs> because of my newsletter. <laughs> this one wasn't in the Slack, so, uh, so that's something. But I also got, I also was called a zaddy recently again on YouTube, that's so it, yeah. it really evens yeah, out. I get called that I all think. the time because, you know, Zach Daddy. Yeah. A Zach Daddy. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So what were we talking about? How did we get here? Uh, Punisher Max. Yeah, yeah, I'm mad. All right, Dean's Dean's list list. next month. Charlotte, you gotta, you gotta put together. Right, God, what did we decide to call it? What did you land on? Fieros Heroes. Yeah, that's a good one. We're still workshopping. We're we're still workshopping. Charlotte's Harlots. Charlotte's Harlots. (laughs) That one doesn't make sense. Yeah, Charlotte, you gotta do one of these too. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have the power. You know. Yeah. 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 That's a Charlotta Comics. (laughs) Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I'm Dave. You can find myself at comicbookherald.com. You can join us to talk comics over on the Slack, patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. And uh, next episode, 2004, part eight, the return of the Dean's List. Mm-hmm. Thanks everybody for listening. And as always, music is by disaster piece. And we'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. See you next year.